World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, I was kind of excited to get down here today because, uh, oh man, oh man, oh man. I gave a warning to those who were in the queue before we got started here. Um, danger, going to rock some theology this morning. Going to rock some theology this morning. Give you fair warning. Now, here, listen, don't get butthurt. Don't get mad. And I always say this up front. I'm not a theologian, okay? I'm not a theologian. I'm a Bible believer. I believe the Bible's true. Uh, but I believe the interpretations that we've learned up through the years from people who were mere men are not true. Does that does that sound fair? Is that fair to say? Hmm? You guys ever did you guys ever play that game as a young kid called telephone, where somebody makes a statement and they whisper to the guy beside him, and then he whispers to the guy beside him, and when they get all the way around the circle, everybody whispers. It's not the same statement, right? Well, religion tends to be playing telephone. It tends to be playing telephone. Somebody says something, and then they say something else, and they say something else. And the next thing you know, I get around, and we have up. So then we, we write it down, so we have a history of it. But, but, hey, just look at January 6th. Just look at, Jan, look at the narrative of January 6th. I was there. I know what happened. I saw what happened. But it doesn't match. The narrative that they're giving us doesn't match what I saw what happened. It's a different version of January 6th. You guys picking, picking up on here? So if you, if you were to look at January 6th from the perspective of violence, you could write a story about uh, patriots being violent. You could write that story because that element was there. Now, that wasn't the truth, but if you were the writer of history, by the way, if the Luciferians continue to win the political battle in Washington, D.C., that will be the version of history. The version of history was an armed insurrection at Washington, D.C., and that is not the truth. So we have to understand, as somebody said a long time ago, that the victors write the history. Victors write the history. And once you get, a, as Mark Trump taught us all, first truth, once something is in your head, you believe in Santa Claus. It's hard to convince somebody Santa Claus doesn't exist. When you believe that uh, you have to pray to Mary, it's hard to get that out of somebody's head. When you believe that there's a soon coming rapture, it's hard to get out of somebody's I'm not making fun of any theology. I'm trying to show you how theology develops, right? I'm going to talk about some of that today. And I just ask you this, we'll still be friends when it's all over. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not a theologian, but I can think, I can read, I can process, and I have the Holy Spirit. And the promise is that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. It's going to be fun today. Yesterday was fun, wasn't it? Well, yesterday was a pretty good one, too. We got into the whole idea of what's truth and objective truth and subjective truth and the fact that most of the Christian world is living under what? Subjective truth. Uh, What's the other word we use for it? Uh, situational ethics. Uh, yeah, abortion's wrong, except in this condition. That's situational, right? Divorce is wrong, except in this situation. Then it's okay. Situational ethics. And for the most part, Christians are being taught situational ethics. We're being taught situational ethics. When, in fact, the truth has nothing to do with your situation. The truth is the truth. Truth is a standalone subject. The truth is a person. And you shall know the truth. And even if you don't like it, the tr even if you don't like the truth, it will, in fact, make you free. It'll make you free. 
So we, we could be sitting here right now and saying, oh, thank goodness. Woo! The Republicans are coming. The Republicans are coming. They're all going to save us here, right? And uh, we could put all of our trust and hope that the Republicans are coming and they're going to save us. And the reality of it is they may come, but they're not going to save us. Right? And they're going to. So uh, we have to be careful of whom and what we put our trust in. They told us the vaccine was safe, effective. It's neither. I'm putting it in the chat right now if you can. Uh, Spencer, I think it is today. The, the movie that just came out yesterday, it's free to watch, by the way. And I, I, I would invite all of you, a little, a little distracted here a second. Uh, the, the new movie, the documentary, the real Anthony Fauci. That was a standalone email I sent to him, uh, Spence. The real Anthony Fauci. It's free. You can watch it free. It's a documentary. It will blow your mind. Now, it's a takeoff on Robert Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and Bobby Kennedy's in it. Are you finding it there, Spence? Can you shoot? Did I? I share it there. Yes, it is. I just sent it to you. I just sent it to Jared. I see it right here. And I can tell that I sent it to him because it says to Jared. So I'm going to forward it to you again. And then I want you to put it in the chat. The title of it is The Real Anthony Fauci. It's about an hour and a half. It's really, really good. It shows how they lied to us about about the vaccine. I'm still waiting for Spence to get that, shoot that thing up there so you can all see what I'm talking about. And then put it it in the chat so everybody can see it in the chat. I I want everybody today, that sounds like I'm giving you orders. You want to know what's going on? If you want to know what's going on, then go look at the real Anthony Fauci, the movie. If you really want to really want to know. Hey, folks, the enemy's losing. They're losing. I got to be careful. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Go ahead, Myra. Go ahead, pray us in. And then buckle up. Yes, Coach. Uh, the reading today will be from John 18, 35 through 38. Hey, Myra. I want to yes, say publicly, coach. you're doing a lot better now that you're not reading six and a half chapters to us. <laughs> Praise the Lord, coach. <clears throat> so let me see. Okay, it's there. It is written. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Thine own nations and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What has Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. This is political. Jesus is saying to those guys, hey, said to Pilate, am I a Jew? Then why? why you got no authority over me, Pilate. Why, why are my own team bringing me to you? That's what Jesus is saying, right? So you don't have any power over me. What, what are they doing bringing me to you? Sort of like Christians being drugged. Sort of like Bill Dunphy being drugged to, to D.C. before the FBI. FBI didn't have the authority over Bill Dunphy. Go ahead. Yes, coach. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then will my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Mm. Pilate therefore say unto him, art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he said that, when he said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Innocent. Innocent of all charges. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that destroys the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. So it's important to know that Jesus never disobeyed the government. Right? Pilate said he's not guilty. Boom, not guilty. I find no fault in him. However, the government over Jesus, he didn't disobey. He challenged. He challenged because he brought truth. Okay? You guys sitting down? I'm going to to rock. I shouldn't say I'm going to rock your world, but I may not. Because I may not. May rock my world. Before I get to it, I want to show you a couple couple things. Uh, play the blame game. Play number one for me there, Spence. Hey, folks, the house of cards is coming down. Now, because the house of cards is coming down, uh, we have to be very, very, very uh, concerned about what the forces of darkness are going to do. This is from Canada. Dan Wooten tonight, which I assume is a, a reporter in Canada. Go ahead and play it. of the unvaccinated. Just one thing first. Joe Biden called it a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Andrew Neal, formerly of this parish, spoke of punishing the unvaccinated. Jeremy Vine spoke figuratively of holding people down and forcibly jabbing them. Oddly, the smiling fascist Justin Trudeau of Canada called the unvaccinated racist. Quite a leap, that one, and a bit rich from a man famous for blackface. But as a spokesperson from Pfizer admitted in the Dutch parliament this week, the vaccine was never tested for transmission. In other words, stopping you giving COVID to others. So what the authorities told us about stopping the spread with a jab was a total lie. Take it to protect granny, a historic falsehood. Whilst safe for most, though we can't be sure, we don't have long-term data, Large numbers of people around the world have suffered severe side effects, and some, including former BBC presenter Lisa Shaw, have died. Uh, Lisa, a healthy woman in her 40s, here pictured with her husband, Gareth. She statistically did not need the jab, but based upon the idea that somehow she was helping others, she took one for the team. She's gone now. Her husband, a widower, her young son without his mummy. The conspiracy theorists, the tin hat brigade, the so-called anti-vaxxers, who were no such thing but simply wanted personal choice, were right all along. For the record, I'm triple jabbed. But did I need it? You tell me. We will never forget the politicians, the corporations and the high profile celebrities and TV doctors who needlessly coerced us into having the vaccine. They've got blood on their hands. Never forgive Never forget, and never again. Amen, amen, amen. The truth is coming out. Okay, so here's where I'm going this morning. I watched a Michael Heiser video. I watched it twice. And I told, spoke yesterday about the fact that, uh, that I'd gotten an epiphany. I got another epiphany. I got another one. Folks, I want you to think about this. I, ask, ask yourself this. Uh, God, Almighty God, Jesus Christ, Whatever name that you would give him. By the way, it's a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess it. Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, while, while I'm ta- talking right now, Spencer, Google for me real quickly how many names there are for God. Just pull that up there real quick. And the reality is, if, if something happens that supersedes the natural course of things, what do we call that? What do we call it if something happens that there's no explanation for? What what do we call that? If someone gets suddenly healed, what do we call that? Supernatural. What else we call it? A miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Okay? God works miracles. Right? But not always. Most often... God, Almighty God, whatever his name is. You didn't find the names of God in Wikipedia? Whatever name you, you, you call him. <clears throat> God works through people. In fact, for the most part, this should, this, should, this should be so easy just to pull up the names of God. It should be so easy to pull them up. But you have it. Not blaming you. So God works through people. Can God do miracles? Yes. Yes, he can. What power does God have in in the universe? 
Hey, Jeff, now, what power does God have in the universe? All power. All power. So if, if God has all powers, all power, how much power does the devil have? I'm asking the question to see if the class is fine. If God has all power, if God has all power, how much power does the devil have? None. There's no power that God gives the devil. He has power God bestowed upon him. Okay. I shouldn't open it up. Here we go. Well, okay, so there's 950 names and titles of God. 950 names and titles of God. I'm not going to go down. We'll just scroll real quick. Abba, go on, go on, come on. Uh, uh, Adam, Adonai, Advocate, the Almighty, Almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega, the Anointed One, the Apostle, High Priest, the Atoning Sacrifice for our sins, the Author and Finisher. Of our, you got it? 655 different names for God. Each one of them applying for the most part to one of his uh, traits. Healer, right? Shepherd, chief cornerstone. All of these different roles that the Lord is able to play. But for the most part, God moves through history. Are you sitting down? Through people. God doesn't need people. He can do anything. He's all powerful. But his pattern has always been to use people. So conversely, if, oh, this is so deep, but this is so good. If the adversary, the guy that God is fighting against, who, by the way, has no power. <laughs> would, you, would we all agree with that? The devil has no, um, he has no power. What, well, how do we know he has no power? Because Jesus said, all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Yes or no? Did you say that? Boom. Yes, he did. So class, again, if almighty God has all power, how much power does the devil have? None. No power. All right. Well, if God moves through people, if God directed David to go pick up a rock, or they started out, David actually out tending the sheep. Years and years and years tending the sheep for a specific time, a specific place. And David shows up and David wants to, I'm sorry, God wants to take down Goliath because he's had enough of him. And God could, by the way, take down Goliath at any moment. He could have given Goliath a heart attack. He could have sent a lightning bolt. He could have done whatever it was. But that's not the way God operates because God operates through people. So he sent David, who'd been prepared his whole life for this moment, and David shows up, and what's he do? He reaches down and does what he knows what to do. He picks up a stone, five of them, picks up a stone, puts it in it, slings a stone, and boom, Goliath drops. Goliath's not dead. So David goes up and walks on top of Goliath, pulls out Goliath's own sword, and chops off Goliath's head. David has given credit with doing all of that. He did but he was the vessel through which God worked. You guys understand this? Is this making sense to you so far? Amen. You could say it was supernatural. We could say whatever. But the truth of it is the only way that the only way good was advanced was through people. It's the only way. God uses people. Choose you this day whom you will serve. So, contrary to that, the adversary can only work through people too. In fact, not only can he only work through people, he can only work through people through lies and deception. Jesus told us, you shall know the truth, and if, the tr- you, if you know the truth, then the devil will have no influence on you at all. 
And the Bible warns us over and over and over, beware of men. Why? God works through men. The devil works through men. So far, so good. Anybody think I'm a lunatic so far? So my whole life, my whole Christian life, I've been taught that I am to fear Satan. That Satan, I've learned this, Satan Satan is uh, not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Satan's not omnipotent, all-powerful. Satan's not all, uh, what's the word, he's everywhere. He's not, he's not, Satan, I was taught, was limited because he was just a spiritual being. That's what I've always been taught, binding Satan, bind Satan. He said, did you guys know? I didn't know until I got thinking about this week. Well, who is Satan? And this came, this, we, we are so ignorant about the devil. I'm going, to, I'm going to show you something here in a minute. I, I encouraged all of you yesterday to watch up a, a um, video from Dr. Michael Heiser. I don't know, guys, if you know who he is, but he's one of the experts on spirituality, devil, all that, all that stuff. And it's a 27 minute, 30, 27, 30 minutes. Uh, yesterday, Michael Heiser said this about the devil. Pull it up there, Spence. And it blew my mind. I'm going I'm to take you there today. Take, let, let me wet your whistle. Let me wet your whistle. Video. The Michael Heiser video. It's, it says Heiser 27-30. <clears throat> no, I don't. I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Michael Heiser tell you. I'll let him tell you. Fabulous video. Go ahead and play. It's five minutes long. This segment, five minutes long. On the payroll, like what's going on here? And those are legitimate questions that we should talk about. But if you go down to Genesis 3, we get the familiar serpent in Eden story. And we don't get, even in English Bibles, we don't get the word Satan in Genesis 3. And that's because the Hebrew term for Satan is Satan. It doesn't show up in Genesis 3. It's never used. In fact, you never get the term Satan applied to the serpent, Nachash, that's the Hebrew term for serpent in Genesis 3. You never get those two terms married. In the Bible, the serpent is never called Satan. We've been taught that, though, haven't we? Keep going. To each other in the Old Testament Speaking of Eden, the Satan figure in Job 1 and 2 really isn't the devil. Hebrew does not attach the definite article, that's the word the, in front of a proper personal name, and neither does English. So I'm not the Mike. I wouldn't talk about myself as the Mike. Every time the word Satan occurs, it has the definite article. So it's ha-satan, the Satan. That tells you it's not a proper personal name. It's not a specific entity. Are we going to go with what the biblical text has or what our tradition tells us? Stop. So what we have... Are we going to go with what the Bible says or what our pastors have taught us? That's the question Michael Heiser is asking right now. Me... I've always thought Satan, Satan, was the name of the devil who manifests as the, as the uh, snake. That's what, that's what I always thought. But Michael Heiser says, no, no, no. He's never identified as that. Somewhere along the line, somebody gave him that name that was never his name. Keep going. We have in Job 1 and 2 is we have a member of the spiritual world, in this case a, you know, sort of a functioning member of a board meeting. He's not evil and sinister. He's actually doing his job. Satan as a noun means adversary. That's true. But it could also mean something like challenger or, or, or someone who looks around for people who are obeying or disobeying God and then reports on them. The whole point of these metaphorical descriptions 
is to remind us that God doesn't miss anything. It's all in the memory bank. It's all there. Nothing is overlooked. Where it sort of transitions from, I'm doing my job to challenging or becoming adversarial in relation to God is when he questions God's assessment of Job. So he's questioning God's omniscience of the situation. He's also questioning God's integrity. Is God telling us the truth about Job? God says to the Satan, okay, I'll let you do anything to Job that you want to do other than kill him because we have to keep him alive so that his integrity will become known. And I'm going to let you do whatever you want because I don't want you coming back here and saying, oh yeah, Job would have folded if you'd let me do this. No, do whatever you want. And we'll see who's right. This isn't the devil. So the question is, well, why does this term, Satan, get applied to the serpent of Genesis 3? Well, just think about it. In the Old Testament, this term is never applied to the enemy. As time goes on, in the intertestamental period, it occurred to someone, you know, you know that serpent figure back there? He really was hostile to God and, and to humanity. He was, he's God's adversary. He stood and opposed God. Let's use the word Satan to describe that dude. And by the time you get to the New Testament, this is four or 500 years later, it has become on its own a proper noun. So you get a figure who's named Satan. So you have capital S Satan running around doing stuff and the New Testament associates that figure with the serpent of Genesis 3. Now, if you actually did Bible study and you look for all the places where angel or demon or anything, any language like that occurs with the word third or three, you're never going to find a passage that teaches that a third of the angels defected before the fall in the entire Bible. There are literally zero instances in the Bible that actually teach this point. You will find it in Revelation 12, where we have a war in heaven that erupts. Well, guess what? If we read Revelation 12, which is always a good suggestion, if you're going to do theology from a, a passage, you might want to read it. If you actually read the passage, the war in heaven there is a response to the birth of the Messiah, mm. the birth of the one who would rule the nations with a rod of iron. That happened a long time after the fall of Genesis 3. So there is so literally that. no passage in the Bible that teaches a third of the angels rebelled with Satan before the fall. It doesn't exist. Okay, you can stop there. You can stop there. Okay, now I'm going somewhere with it, right? Because we've all been taught that, right? That a third of the angels fall. And he makes the point, well, that doesn't happen until the book of Revelation. That's when the third of the angels fall, right? And so throughout, throughout the time and history and uh, old the Bible is, yada, 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 we have identified Satan as a person, seemingly like God would be a person. But we know that the Bible teaches us that those who worship me must worship me. It says that God is a Spirit, is that where it is, Spence? Did I send you that? I know I did. Some, oh, no, it's on my own screen. Bear with me a second. Where did I put that? Lord, where is that? I'm reading from John 4, 20. Pull it up real quick, Spence. John 4, 20 through, just go to John, yeah, go to 20. 20, go to 20. <clears throat> okay, our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto the, her, woman, believe me, the hours come when you shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father such seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must Worship him in spirit and truth. Boom. So listen to me. I'm not trying to hurt your theology. The devil is not a person. 
The devil is also a spirit. Can I show you something here? Can I show you? We call him Satan. Okay, do that, Spence. You're not listening to me. Where is it, Coach? Where is it? Folks, I'm sorry. Pull up the names of, of Satan. You finding that for me, man? I'm trying to find a long list here. The names of Satan. 30 names. 30 names of the devil, Satan, that evil force, whatever it is. 30 different names. And we just read that God had how many? 560, whatever, whatever. 30 names of the devil. Yet we call him Satan when, in fact, he is never in the scripture, ever, that spirit is never identified as the devil, the Satan. Never. Here's the names of the devil. Abaddon, accuser of the brethren, adversary, angel of the bottomless pit, Abalion, Beelzebub, Belial, the devil, the enemy, the evil spirit, the father of lies, the god of this world, the great red dragon, the king of Tyrus, the liar, the Lucifer, the old serpent, power of darkness, prince of this world, prince of the devils, prince of the power of the air, rulers of the darkness of this world, Satan, serpent, spirit that worketh. See, all of these different names for Satan, yet we always call him Satan. And just like God manifests in many different ways, so does the evil one manifest in different ways because the evil one is also a spirit. Anybody think I'm crazy yet? So you better realize this. This is the revelation I got. Man, oh man. The devil is powerless. The only way that this devil, this this whatever this being whatever this force is it is a force it isn't a person like there's a holy spirit oh dare i can i use that word there's a spirit of antichrist because it tells us in second thessalonians that the spirit of antichrist is already at work it's two different spirits one higher than the other god has all power over all of it over all of it but Satan is known as what? What's he known as? Well, he's known as the accuser of the brother, the deceiver. And the only way that the devil can move and do anything in this world is through people. Ooh. Satan has, if everybody in the world were come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, there would be no evil. Because Satan has no power. But the devil has the power to deceive you and tempt you. And when he tempts you, you of your own volition walk out from under the banner of Christ. And all the devil does, the devil has no power His only power is deception. If he can get you to believe a lie, you walk out from under the truth. You get, you guys see this? You see this? Amen. Amen. All you have to do is obey and believe the truth. And Satan loses all power. Why? Because God is all powerful. Jesus is all powerful. But we can choose to believe the lie And if we believe the lie, then we walk out from under the banner of truth. And what's happened, okay, good. Hang on, I'll get it in here in a second. Pull this up for me. This is pretty amazing to me. $50 Bible verse. Pull that up real quick. Here's an example. This is, you want to know why America's in disarray? Because we've all walked out up the banner of truth. This guy's going to walk up to these people and offer him $50 if they can give him one Bible verse. He's probably in Walmart or someplace. Go ahead. Tell me one Bible verse. Can you think of one? I'll give you fifty dollars if you could tell me one Bible verse. Think of one. Um, no. No. You gonna finish it? I mean, that's as far as I'm gonna go. But can't finish it. I'm just saying. I'll give you fifty dollars if you could tell me one Bible verse. Can't think of one? I'll give you $50 if you could tell me one Bible verse. 
Can you think of one? No. Uh, hey, I'll give you $50 if you could tell me one Bible verse. $50 in the line. It's all yours. Can't think of one? No. Nope. Give me $50 if you could tell me one Bible verse. Well, can name the books of the Bible. Are you have a Bible verse? No. It's been a long time. It's always good to get into the word, huh? Yeah. Maybe $50. Okay, you can stop. So here's the question. How can good possibly thrive if people don't know the truth? See, the devil is powerless, folks, if we know the truth. It's powerless. And the devil uses people to advance a kingdom of darkness because they don't know the truth. And if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. I don't have to sit around and bind Satan. I have to sit around and, and pray that everyone I love continues to walk under the banner of truth. If they walk under the banner of truth, no evil will befall them. No plague will come near their dwelling. If they simply walk under the banner of truth, we don't teach truth anymore. And the job of the devil is to deceive you away from the truth. Boom. He has no power over you. None. I can go to a bar tonight and sit down at a bar and have me a beer. I don't. I can go sit down at a bar and have a beer and a pretty young lady come up and try to hit on me. And you know what? That would be the devil, by the way. That would be the devil coming to do that to me. But you know what I can do? I can say, oh, sorry, ma'am. I'm happily married. Go someplace else. And boom, the power of the devil's broken. Do you see this? Rebuked. Every thought take captive. Because all the devil can do is plant thoughts in your head. That's the only power he has. Amen. And we have the power through the Holy Spirit to know the truth about what he's saying. And when he, we know the truth and apply the truth to what he's lying to us about, he has no power over us. Amen. Amen. This is deeper than you're picking up, but I'm, oh. telling, I'm, telling, I'm telling you, I get it. I'm, get, I'm getting it. Huh? You know, when we, we, Michelle and I, we, when uh, we go to bed tonight, we always, we always bind, the, bind the You have to bind the devil. You bind the devil. What does that mean? Now, are there evil forces coming after me? Yeah, there's evil forces coming at me. Sure. But if you believe that you're walking in the will of Almighty God, ain't no evil going to befall you. There ain't going to be no plague come near your dwelling. And the only way any evil is going to come near you is if you open a door and let it come in. That's the only way. The devil cannot bust in your door without you opening it. Why? Because all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth, and I give it to you. And we have not figured this thing out and realize that the answer to all of our problems is not more laws, not more government, not more praise and worship, not just, how about just more obedience? How about we just do what he told us to do? Amen. Amen. It'll all go away. Because the devil has no power over us. Oh, I could go on. I'll stop. Mel, come on in. MBH Digital. Mel, who is that? Whoever. Oh, thanks, Coach. So I was curious in what you said about the third of the angels. How does that relate then to Genesis six? Because well, we in Genesis six, and see, we got to get. We have to get it. This is Michael Heiser. Just I just got this right. Hey, did you? By the way, oh, I, Lord, I got so much. Genesis six talks about a falling away, but it doesn't say a third of the angels. It never says a third of the angels. We take the book of Revelation and apply it to Genesis 6 and said, see, a third of the angels fell. And we don't, Satan was part of the divine council. In fact, maybe still is part of the divine council. When a third of the angels that fell, it's the leadership that fell. By the way, it's the spirit. And the book of... The Book of Enoch, too. So I, I'm, I can't quote you know exactly on the Book of Enoch, but it seems like part of my knowledge of that came from there, too. Oh, well, here's what I know. Pull up Dead Sea Scrolls. This is all so important. You guys know about the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? <clears throat> That's the last that, Dead Sea Scrolls. You know when they were discovered? They were discovered in 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls. What did they find in the Dead Sea Scrolls? 
they found they found all, found all the books of the Bible, found all of them in there. But they found some other other stuff in there. They found Enoch in there. They found they found some other things in there that uh, that was all all in all in there together, right? And so until the book of Enoch was discovered, we didn't realize some of the other uh, I don't want to call them holy books, but uh, uh, historical documents, <clears throat> folks. A lot of Christianity changed with the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> Because there was a further explanation of what they had presupposed a thousand years ago. People didn't have what was in there. And so their formation, I sound like I'm kind of anti-Bible today, but I'm not. I'm not. There's an unveiling, a revealing, new information coming to us right now that has never been available to Christians throughout the world a greater understanding of the powers of darkness and how they work, a greater understanding of who Satan is. Ha, Satan. Ha, Satan. Ha, The Satan is a spirit. It's not a person. It's like a holy spirit. has a lot of different names, functions in a lot of different ways. It's not an individual. It's hard for us to grasp because that's the way we think. Go ahead, Clay. You think I'm crazy? No, you're exactly right. And we need to know exactly who Satan is and, and what his uh, capabilities are. Uh, he's a he's an influencer and a deceiver, kind of like the news media and Hollywood. Ooh. But, 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 Clay, he doesn't have any power till you believe his lies. Yeah, and what you were talking about before about who he is, you know, uh, in the book of Enoch, it talks about the watcher angels <clears throat> that were dispatched over earth to watch over human beings and Lucifer is also, also often considered to be Satan. And uh, so, so we're talking about an angel that he was, he was an angel that was likely a watcher angel watching over Adam and Eve. He was one of the divine council. He was one of the CEOs. He was on the board of directors. It was, see, it was more than just the choir boy, Lucifer. We hear that all the time, right? He may, he takes many, many different shapes. It's a dark, dark spiritual force, not just an individual. That's the way I read it. Roger? Well, I was just looking back on my 40 or some years of being a believer, and, you know, I've, I've often said we need to bind Satan, we need to bind Satan, and I think that was promulgated because of that teaching. Yes. But if I'm following what you're saying, what we really need to be praying is, Lord, help me be obedient to your word and to remain under your protection. Period. Help me to be. That's it, man. Lord, let me stay in the secret place in Psalm 91. Let me stay in here. And then do this. When somebody says something, a thought to me, let me take it captive and to bring it to the obedience of Christ. Because if I bring it to the obedience of Christ, I don't give a dang what Satan says. He got no power over me. That's what it tells us in Matthew. All power has been given unto me, and I give it unto you. Can I tell you something? Here's the power. Just say no. <laughs> just say no. If everybody just said no to the devil, he would have no power. Nancy Reagan was right. Just say no. Oh, man. Joanne. Uh, yeah. Um, about um, the miracles. Um, God works always in the natural. I mean, that's how he performs his miracle. He takes and uses what he can. And that's how it works. Just like David. He can, he can do miracles, but he works through natural processes most yes. times. Right? Exactly. Amen. Real quickly, real quickly. Uh, pull up, uh, which one is it? <clears throat> uh, 14 facts about Satan. Pull that up there. Hey, by the way, I feel bad. You ever done a study on the devil? Never done a study. I've never done. You ever done a Bible study on the devil? Anybody out there ever done a Bible study on the devil? Because the Bible tells us that we're not to be ignorant of his devices, and we don't we don't know anything about him. Really. Really In demonology, you do a demonologist. Huh? We have to study for a long time. Yeah, you demonologist got to study, right? Scroll down. What fourteen facts? Is that what, is that the right one? You uh, pull down. There's fourteen facts. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Is this the right one? I, I, nope, you got the wrong one. I told you the wrong one. Maybe I gave you the wrong one. Let me see if I did. Yeah, come on. Fire you. 
Satan in the Bible, 14 sobering facts about the devil. I'm going to read them all to you. Put it in the chat. Number one, Satan means adversary. It's a position, not a person. Satan manifests as an adversary against God, but against you, against Mm. your children. He manifests as an adversary. Satan's pride fueled the devil's original story. He wanted to be like God. He wasn't content being a servant of God. He wanted to be in charge. Satan's domain is earth and Sheol. His domain is here, but he doesn't have any power here anymore. It's been broken. The only power he has is lies and whether or not you'll believe him. That's the only power he has. We give him too much credit. Five, Satan commands his own host of demons. He's got a team. He has a team. But they can't do anything to you, number one, unless the Lord permits it, and number uh, number two, unless you open the door and let it in. That's the way I read it. Number six, the Bible doesn't say he rules all the demons. The Bible doesn't say that Satan, Lucifer, the devil, he doesn't rule all the demons. doesn't say that. The devil tried to make at least one deal. He tried, remember, tried tried to offer uh, Jesus the kingdoms of the world. Number eight, Satan is on the defensive. Mm. Why? Well, say right there, man. That's, real, that's important. Scroll down just a little bit. Right there. In all three synoptic gospels, Jesus does three things after his trial in the wilderness. Number one, he proclaims that the kingdom of God is at hand. Boom. New king in town. Number two, he begins choosing his disciples every time. And number three, he begins casting out devils. Why? Because devils are simply doing the the bidding of whoever's leading them. That's all it is. And the only way a devil can get in there is if you open the door and let him in. And once you let him in, then they're like ants. You got to get them out because they multiply and they grow, right? Number nine, Satan is a liar by nature. Jesus is the truth. Satan is a liar. It's no, it's no more simple than that. And so every thought that comes to you, you take it obedience. Is it the truth or is it a lie? And if you follow the truth, you won't get in any trouble. It's so simple, isn't it? Satan has spiritual children, just like God does. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, in the same passage where Jesus calls Satan the father of lies, he tells the Jews who want to kill him that you belong to your father, the devil. When the disciples asked Jesus to explain his parable of the wheat and the tares, Jesus told them that the good seed represents the sons of kingdom, while the tares represent the sons of the evil one. How often do we say this? Not everybody's God's child. Remember, and in his first epistle, John says the children of the devil are evident based on their sinful behavior and their lack of love for their brothers and sisters. The devil can only influence your behavior. That's all he can do. Oh, my. Satan influenced Judas Iscariot. And 12, Satan's power of death is broken. He has no power over him. It is finished. And discord gives Satan an advantage. Discord, arguing amongst the brethren, opens the door for the enemy to get in. Holy smokes. Craig Mickle, go ahead. Well, it always starts with one person, right, uh, Coach? That's why Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 is very important. It is attributed to Lucifer, okay? Lucifer was the covering over God. He was a cherubim. Uh, that's why when you, you see this uh, imagery in the ark, right, there, there are two cherubims, and God dwells in between the cherubim, right? And when you look at the different passages, there's always four around God. I believe initially there were five. I believe Lucifer was that one. And it talks about how he was perfect in all his ways and until iniquity, and you can talk that to be pride came over him, you know, because he was he was kind of like uh, uh, Eisenhower over the generals. Let's put it to you that way, <laughs> you know, in the in the uh, European War, lots of generals, but there's always one that's that's in charge, right? A little bit Amen. higher. So, um, and that's what happens. So he's just, uh, you know, when he when 
he, he brought up the first idea that there's, there's another will outside God. Before that, that's just how everybody rolled. And then he's like, well, let's see. You know, and I, I kind of talked about this once when you know, I had a horse that came into our, our, our other four or five horses and he started chewing the fence. Well, guess hmm. what? All of a sudden, the other horses started chewing the fence, you know? So yep. we got rid of him and guess what? The other horses stopped chewing the fence. So not, not a third all fell away at one time. It's been a consistency type of thing. And that's what Michael Heiser is alluding to. But at the very end, yes, it is a, it is a third. So this is good stuff to get into and think about because uh, there is there is no temptation that can come upon you. But that which is common to man and God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you can withstand. But with the temptation, he will provide a way out. So the temptation comes and you say, no, you just found a way out. And so the mess that we're in in America today is people are obeying the devil, the thoughts of the devil, rather than the truth of Christ. If everybody believed the truth of Christ, the devil would have no power. He works through people. Angie. Okay, just one more thing. I'll just say one more thing, but that's why the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's, it's not for math and science. It's the understanding of the truth of these types of deep truths that you're trying to burn out. And Amen. understanding all this comes from God. If people truly understood this, then they would have the position to make a decision. Wow, do I follow God or do I not? And mm-hmm. people don't even, they don't go that no. far. They don't even have a, a, the ability to understand X, Y as a man. They don't even have the ability to do that. Right? They believe in lies. Angie. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, you know, you look at what people, the nature of humanity is to hear those temptations, and it creates in our minds doubt about what the Word of God says, and a lot of it is because of our own ignorance. We don't understand the Word of God because people just don't study it. But when you learn it and you study it and you apply it to your life, that just say no becomes a whole lot easier than when you, than when you don't. And if you continue to say no and you continue to not let the adversary have that power and control over you, that is when you are walking in victory. And there's too many people out there that just use the excuse of their human nature as, as, a, as a crutch for continuing to, to walk. That's why life. they call it the battleground of the mind. Take captive every thought. and you're not abiding in him and you're not walking out his original blueprint for living which is not a hard thing to do jesus said my yoke is easy and my burden is light he was talking about his father's commands. if you love me keep my commands it is not hard and yet we continue to make excuses and cherry pick the commands we want to follow and everything else and, and that's how the adversary gets a foothold because we don't understand what the word of god is saying and we don't know how to apply it to our lives and we don't know how to walk and live and abide in his commandments oh boy all you gotta do is do what he says all you gotta do is, look folks understand this i'm gonna ask you again class get ready red jim coming get ready class how much power does Jesus have? Class? Oh. All power? How much power does Satan have? Zero. No power. No power. How much power do you have? We have his power. Well, you have the power to choose. <laughs> you have the power to choose. Boom. Wow. Reggie. Okay, I I give no credit, no power, no credit to the adversary at all when I say this, but there is a difference and you're got it, coach. You're right. When you're walking in obedience with the Lord, that's why, because, you know, for years it took me a long time, had to learn a lot, but he does have power over those who don't understand what walking in the obedience of the Lord is because he had, so the fallen they can work in the material. They can work in matter and form, illusions to deceit. Those are their powerhouses. They well, can the move Reggie, objects. Reggie, that's, that's simple, right? There's, yeah, no truth. It is. There's no truth in the lost. Of course they're going to follow the devil. There's no truth in them. They're, they're so, incapable of following truth. Yeah, that's why um, Peter says, you know, 
well, I think it, yeah, it's 1 Peter 5, I think. Be sober and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, is roaring lion. He walks the earth seeking who he will devour. Like why- a roaring lion. It doesn't say he's a lion. It says he's like one. He has a yeah, book for he does have. He does have specific, uh, he has abilities that God gave him, but he has no power over those who walk Yes, of course, of course. So some naked woman, beautiful naked woman could walk in front of me and I got the power to run her out of here or take her to bed. I got the power. All power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. I give it to you. Take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You do not have to say yes to the devil. Origin, origin identifies Satan, the word Satan with um, Azazel and with the serpent. So he uses it interchangeably. Yes, but yes, but we've been taught that Satan came to Eve in the garden as a person, as a snake. And Michael Heiser says there's no evidence of that. That's not, that, that is an assumption that we made that, that there's really no, no biblical support from. Not that Satan and the snake aren't on the same team, but to say Satan is the guy that did it. The power it's a title. Yeah, it's a title. It's yeah, like a, it's a title. title. The deceiver. I, the deceiver showed up. Right? Randy. Yeah, Coach, it, it said Joan writes that, that uh, the light came into darkness. Darkness comprehended it not. It didn't know. Okay, Coach, we're walking in darkness still on the earth and yes. to people that don't know. So it's our job and we should be our motivator is love it's love but truth is the message coach it's our job to speak truth to them to show them the truth this is their only chance coach if the church isn't the church this the stand there is no light on the earth the light has to displace darkness that is our job that is our job you said it yesterday if i'm standing if i'm standing beside someone who's in sin and jesus the christ is standing on the other side of me and I'm having a discussion with this guy about how much Jesus loves him. This guy's going to be tapping me on the shoulder. Is that all you can tell him? What? So tell him the truth, will you? Tell him the truth that his lifestyle, if you love him, tell him the truth that his lifestyle is going to, he ain't going to work out very good for him. Give him a warning for me. Will you do that for me? Will you do that for me? Will you stop telling him how much I love him and give him a warning? But see, we don't want to hurt people's feelings, right? We don't want to be mean. Jack, come on in. Can't hear you, Jack. Yeah, um, this is what what you're talking about is perfect. This is what Bob Roy's been trying to get people to understand for a couple of years. This book that he's been studying, this, this course that he's been taking, Renewing the Mind, teaches us how to learn biblically before we can teach biblically. And even the oldest of us have been taught wrong. We don't study, we don't uh, read thoroughly, and we don't read from a biblical standpoint. So we get it wrong, and then we go about teaching wrong. So we might want to think about taking that course. So the big deal about the Dead Sea Scrolls, which I really didn't get to, is there's the book of Enoch, which you can say isn't scripture. I'm not going to argue with you about that but is certainly as a historical record written at the same time that the scriptures were written. Whether they put it in there, is, it's historical for sure, right? And we didn't, you know, we didn't find that till 1948. We, we haven't known about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Very, very short period of time. So, man, they tell us a lot of stuff that just wasn't true because they heard it from Pastor Billy Bob. And that's what he told him. Clay, come in quickly. Yeah, there's a couple of movies that are really good uh, uh, examples of how Satan probably and likely operates. One of them is uh, Hercules, the Disney cartoon Hercules, and the other is The Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino. But next time that you happen to be around and the kids are watching Hercules or the grandkids, you know, maybe use that as a teaching moment and say, watch how the devil operates in this movie to give them a good idea of how to be on the defense against Satan. Amen. Real quickly, drag show, pull up, Spencer. It's the second one. Folks, this this is what we're up against. This is what we're up against. 
You can't get her, Spence? Okay, Spencer, folks, I want you to watch this. This is a drag show. Scroll down to the second one, bud. Going down the bottom one. Right there, right there, right there. And, folks, I want to, this is a drag show that parents came to, brought their children, and I want you to watch the children. Watch, not, not the children. Watch the faces of these idiot people. This is what we're dealing with. Go ahead. Nobody's standing up and saying, get out, drag her out of here. Get her out of here. Nobody. They kept every thought. Look at those guys. I'm unbelievable. Hey! You shall know the truth. And if you know it, it'll make you free. Just say no. See you tomorrow.